Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. You can find more of them like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcast. Simply search the KYMN Radio Podcast. Joining us now in studio is our uh, state representative for District 20B, Todd Lippert. Good morning, Todd. Good morning. Representative Lippert, excuse Thank me for you. being so oh, informal. No, you can call me by my name, that's okay. <laughs> uh, you have had a very busy week and kind of a long week this week up in the legislative uh, session. Uh, let's start off, though, by... Uh, the big news around Minnesota this week has been the uh, Chauvin trial, Derek Chauvin trial, and his uh, the verdict was guilty on all charges. I know Minnesota is really bracing themselves because nobody knew what was going to happen, and uh, the legislative body, I could have been interrupted, you know, with some of the unrest that we've had, but uh, that didn't really happen. Uh, it uh, was pretty calm. Yeah, that's right. So on uh, Tuesday, I was actually uh, on the House floor along with my colleagues, and we, we paused at 3.25 in the afternoon to uh, gather and watch the verdict. And so I was with uh, 15 of my colleagues, and it was a diverse group group from across the state, um, diverse racially. And, and as the verdict was read, uh, there was just kind of an exhale in the room, a sense of, a sense of relief. There were some tears. Uh, and we talked some together about, um, you know, hoping this could be a turning point for us and the work that we needed to do. Uh, the next day, Wednesday, uh, we passed our public safety bill off the House floor, and we had measures in that public safety bill that are really focused on trying to uh, create communities across this, uh, Minnesota that are safe for everyone, uh, regardless of race. And we had we had good debate about that. Uh, one uh, in per- provision in particular is is responding to the uh, the shooting of Dante Wright, and it kind of raises the bar for traffic stops. And we had interesting debate about this on the House floor. Uh, so. It would say that uh, police can no longer pull people over for expired tabs or an air freshener hanging in the window or a broken taillight, um, but it has to be you know a, a real moving violation. And there are places across the country that have put this policy in place. States uh, have done this. The city of Nashville, they've reduced their traffic stops in Nashville by 90%, and police are able to focus on um, you know more serious matters. And there was bipartisan support for that provision in the debate. It was really interesting. Um, and so we passed the public safety bill uh, off the House floor, and, and that's really the work we need to do to keep moving towards justice in our state and make sure that we're rebuilding trust between communities of color and police. Um, and that's the long-term work we need to do, and we're doing it at the legislature. The, uh, the, the minor traffic offenses, uh, what, do you, what do you do with those then if you don't stop people? Is that going to be still enforced somehow without like a non-moving vehicle, or how does that, uh, how does that work? Yeah, that's a good question, that was a, and that was a part of the debate. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, one of my Republican colleagues who uh, represents a district not far from here, Jeremy Munson, uh, was speaking in favor of changing this provision uh, along with the DFL, and he said, you know, when you're when you haven't paid your property taxes, um, you don't get pulled over for that. Uh, the 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 state has a way to contact you uh, if you're late on payments, and and so uh, the state can contact you if you have a, a broken tail light. A police officer can take that down and and um, you know make sure the note is sent in the mail. Same with with tabs. So there are other ways that that people can be contacted for these things. Um, and then it allows our uh, public safety officers to really be focused on public safety and uh, dealing with moving violations. 
We're talking with Representative Todd Lippert about the legislative session that's been going on this week. Let's move on. You guys, uh, the big news uh, this week from the legislative standpoint, I guess, is the tax bill. Uh, you have, you've passed actually a lot of bills, and we're going to get to those, but uh, let's start off with the tax bill. Yeah, the tax bill is a big one. This is what allows us to fund everything that we do in state government. And uh, in order to help Minnesotans recover from the challenges we've seen from COVID-19, uh, we have to invest in Minnesotans, and this tax bill does that. It makes sure that we are investing in the things we need. And, uh, you know, there are a couple big things in the tax bill that, that focus was the focus of a lot of our debate. Um, one is that we, we move towards a fairer tax system in this tax bill. We add a fifth tier for income tax for uh, uh, households with over a million dollars. Also, uh, ask the largest corporations that are sheltering taxes overseas uh, to bring those, or excuse me, sheltering profits overseas to bring those profits back using a tool provided by the Trump administration. And so we're asking the wealthiest Minnesotans and the largest corporations to pay their fair share to help us uh, make sure we can fund education in an ongoing way, uh, make sure we're providing affordable housing and, and other things that we need. Uh, a second big piece is um, making sure that we are providing uh, PPP loan forgiveness for uh, small businesses that uh, needed that and also providing uh, relief to small businesses that operated at a loss that wouldn't be able to benefit from that loan forgiveness and that we're um, forgiving unemployment uh, taxes on unemployment benefits too. We know that every dollar matters there. So uh, the tax bills are both funding the things we need and providing critical relief right now in, uh, as we're recovering from COVID too. I guess turn my microphone back. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> uh, l- let's move on to some of the uh, other bills because there were there was quite a bit of activity this week. We got a press release from uh, I believe your office about uh, the uh, uh, about av- the advancement of an energy and commerce budget. You had some proposals uh, in there. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. There um, there are three three big ones in there. Uh, one was uh, f- so. This is commerce, climate, and energy, and um, we're dealing with, you know, a big priority is responding to climate change here. One proposal is the Future Fuels Act. So this would put a clean fuel standard in place for Minnesota, allowing us to reduce the carbon intensity of our fuels in the state and help us to be a leader in the Midwest. Now, there's some other states that have put a policy like this in place, but it will allow Minnesota to lead in the Midwest in reducing transportation emissions. Uh, this would be good for uh, biofuels. It would also clean uh, the life cycle of biofuels, and it would drive electrification in the transportation system too. So it's a holistic policy that would really uh, help us move forward. Um, have a proposal for what's called an innovation finance authority, making sure we're getting financing to projects that are kind of difficult to fund right now, um, especially energy efficiency projects in home. So we need to scale that up. That will help families with low incomes or just help Minnesotans save money generally. And then specifically to Northfield, um, Northfield has done a really good job of putting distributed energy on the grid, uh, solar gardens, uh, rooftop solar, um, but we need to update the grid. And Excel Energy is, is saying to people who are uh, wanting to put a rooftop solar array on or uh, uh, do something similar that they have to be responsible for it and are giving them interconnection fees of eight to eight to $16,000. And so... Uh, we need to deal with this problem across the state, but I have a solution that will provide some funds to Northfield to help uh, update the grid around here, as well as provide a long-term study of how we get more distributed energy on the grid uh, for the state so we can resolve this problem long-term. 
Uh, how about uh, some of the other big bills that have passed this week? Let's start off, I, I guess, let's continue with the, uh, the Ag Bill. That's right. So we passed the Ag Bill yesterday, um, and there are many great provisions in this bill. Um, you know, one that I focused on was uh, reauthoriz- reauthorizing the Farmer Lender Mediation Program. This has been in place since the 80s, an important protection for farmers who may be uh, facing farm-ending uh, decisions, provide more support for them as they're um, resolving those issues. So we want to reauthorize that program. It helps small and mid-sized farmers uh, stay on the farm. And also, um, we extended the time frame by 30 days as well, because we're hearing from many farmers that the lending landscape's changed. They're dealing with uh, larger lending institutions that are national lending institutions more and more often. Um, They need more time to kind of manage that. And um, so giving them 30 more days will be helpful there. All right. And the environmental bill as well. Right. The environment bill passed yesterday, too. Uh, So... In both the Environment Bill and the Ag Bill, there are important soil health provisions. That's been a priority of mine. I've been kind of working on it in uh, a variety of places. But in the Environment Bill, uh, we have a cost-share program that will help uh, farmers who want to be putting uh, soil health practices on the land, like cover crops, perennial crops, uh, provide some financial support, technical support, really help us scale these practices up uh, statewide so that we're protecting our soil, uh, improving water quality. It also helps with responding to climate change. Too. And then there's money for planting trees in there, responding to emerald ash borer, which I worked on as well. Mm-hmm. Now, all these uh, bills, of course, have to have, uh, you know, the, 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 there's another body of government, the Senate, and they're going to they're gonna make their own bills there. But with, within the House, what you've seen from uh, the Republicans in the House, which doesn't necessarily translate to the Senate, uh, I know, but... Uh, is there a different mood this year? Are we still going to come down to a showdown in the last week or two or week or two after the session is done even? Um, so there's no doubt that the debate is going to be contentious uh, from here. The The debate sounds very similar uh, to the budget debate that we had uh, when I was in my first term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we will have a contentious debate. My hope is that we can get uh, you know, budget targets earlier so we can start ironing things out between the two parties earlier than we did two years ago uh, when we really didn't, we couldn't do the real negotiations until just a few days before session ended. Uh, I found out I'm on the uh, Agriculture Conference Committee, so I'm excited about that, honored to do that. Uh, that'll be my second time on the Ag Conference Committee. So uh, we're passing the Health and Human Service budget on Monday, and then our whole budget will be passed. We'll be moving towards conference committees. We're a little ahead of the Senate and the House. Uh, we've been moving faster uh, than they have, and uh, but hopefully we'll start doing conference committee work uh, late next week, certainly uh, first week in May. And we're looking at, is, is it mid-May? Uh, is the May 17th, May I 17th believe, is, is, is the day that we have to be done, according mm-hmm. to the Constitution. Um, so we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be really busy here these next this next month, um, wrapping everything up, but we're, we're in a good place, and, and, you know, we've been passing budget bills off the floor in the House that are strong, that are really focused on the needs of Minnesotans, um, you know, getting, getting relief and support to those who um, have been hurting because of COVID-19, and we're hurting even before. So I'm proud of what we're doing and uh, look forward to negotiations with the Senate. All right. Anything else you'd like to pass along? 
I would just say that uh, once we get to next week in the Health and Human Services budget, I have a couple provisions. Uh, one's related to hospital closures and make sure we have uh, better systems in place to protect access to health care for Minnesotans across the state and also um, uh, providing support for PCAs and adjustment in the rate framework to make sure we're giving a living wage to those people who are doing that essential work, uh, providing that care to, to Minnesotans too. So we'll be watching that, that debate closely to get those provisions through. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. We certainly appreciate it. Always glad to be here. Mm -hmm. State Representative Todd Lippert. You're listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080, KYMN Northfield.